Hello everyone and welcome to the PJB Sports Pod. Alright everybody, the last of the Power 5 conferences for college football season previews, the SEC. Uh, Sorry, it's a little late. Um, I only have the group of five conference previews to record still and then I'm done and then we got week zero coming up this weekend. So I'm trying to rush as many of these out as I can, but we're going over the SEC for this episode. The uh, It just means more conference. I don't know how else to phrase that without sounding like a complete idiot, which I already did. So the win totals that I'm going to give you come from Caesar Sportsbook, and the storylines come from somewhere that I read or heard about them. Right? We're going in alphabetical order from top to bottom, no division separating until I get to my projections at the very end. So let's start with the Alabama Crimson Tide. The win total this season for the Roll Tide team, over under 10.5 wins last season. They went 11-2 overall, 6-2 in the SEC. They won the Sugar Bowl 45-20 over Kansas. This is the ninth time that they haven't entered the season as the SEC favorite under Nick Saban, having won the title five of the previous eight times that's happened. Uh, The first time since 2009 that the Alabama Crimson Tide weren't the media's preseason SEC pick. And... Before I really dive into it, I just want to point out how much it really took for Alabama to lose two games last season. Uh, Tennessee needed a knuckleball free or free, free kick, knuckleball field goal as time expired to win by three, and then LSU went for two in overtime instead of just tying the game up and continuing on and having uh, Jaden Daniels run in for a touchdown or two point conversion into the end zone. Same, you know, you know what I meant. So that's what it took for Alabama to even lose two games last season. We'll get into why it's not going to be that easy this year, though. The recruiting class last year was amazing. Alabama had the second highest rated class of all time, according to 24-7 Sports, in the last recruiting cycle, only behind that of Texas A&M's class the year prior. Nick Saban signed nothing but four- and five-star prospects, with only one three-star signing being a kicker because that's the highest ranking that kickers can receive. So, yeah, the recruiting class was outstanding. But the quarterback situation is absolutely horrendous on the other side. However, like I said, we don't know who QB1 is going to be. With Jalen Milrow, Ty Simpson, and Tyler Buckner all competing for the starting job, it doesn't exactly give the most confidence to Crimson Tide fans reading news reports, questioning who actually is going to be the starter. Uh, Last year, Milrow was the one that filled in when Bryce Young was injured. Ty Simpson was a five-star recruit before coming into school. And Tyler Buckner transferred in from Notre Dame after his OC offensive coordinator came in, Tommy Reese. Um, yeah, so who knows what's going on at Alabama right now. They did lose a lot of production due to the number one and number three overall picks in the NFL draft being gone. That is Bryce Young and Will Anderson. Add to all of the above questions, Alabama loses possibly the best quarterback of Nick Saban's coaching tenure with Bryce Young and one of the best edge rushers in Will Anderson as well. Tide fans will feel like they wasted Bryce Young after not winning a national title during his college attendance, but the reloading or recruiting class of last offseason will surely help Alabama get back to the top of the proverbial mountain, even if it isn't this season right away. They also did lose both coordinators. Offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien went to the Patriots, and defensive coordinator Pete Golding went to Ole Miss, which means Tommy Reese on the offensive side and Kevin Steele on the defensive side have to fill out the Alabama system under Nick Saban. A lot of interesting stuff to watch in Tuscaloosa, and I probably rambled way too long for some people's liking on Alabama, but there's just a lot of drama and intrigue surrounding the Crimson Tide program this season. 
But we'll go on to the next team now. I promise you not everyone has as much to talk about as Alabama. Arkansas is the next team now. We have the over-under set at 6.5 wins. Last season, they went 7-6 and six overall, 3-5 and five record in the SEC, and they won the Liberty Bowl 55-53 to in an outrageous game against Kansas. They have a weaker schedule, but they also have a month-long road stretch. September, The end of September, beginning of October, will not be kind to the Razorbacks, and especially after losing their offensive coordinator, Kendall Bryles, to TCU, it's going to be interesting to see what the scheme is exactly for Arkansas with K.J. Jefferson under center yet again for this Razorbacks team. Next up, Auburn. Over-under set at 6.5 wins. Last season, they went 5-7 and seven overall and 2-6 and six in the SEC. Hugh Freeze is in, baby. Hugh Strip Club Freeze. Don't talk bad about him on social media, though, or he'll block you. So, But he also might upset any of the big dogs in the conference when you're least expecting it. Just ask Nick Saban about Freeze's Ole Miss teams giving him fits for years. He also might just lose games that he outright should dominate. So, Auburn fans, buckle up because this ride is going to be crazy. Uh, next up, the Florida Gators. Over-under set at 5.5 wins for Billy Napier and co. Last season, they went 6-7 and seven overall, 3-5 and five in the SEC, and lost 30-3 to three to Oregon State in the Las Vegas Bowl. And those kids just did not want to be there. They didn't even try to hide it. There was a The viral video was the edge rusher that just stood and watched uh, the quarterback from Oregon State take part in the play. That was about it. Uh, they do have a new quarterback, so we've got to... Gotta wonder if it's an upgrade in terms of the college quarterback levels. Um, is Graham Mertz better than Anthony Richardson as an NFL prospect? Absolutely not. But in the context of being a college quarterback and a team leader, I think Mertz will only be an upgrade in maybe helping the Gators get some wins where they get out to the lead and don't have some mistakes with their quarterback trying to be flashy or do anything crazy and turn the ball over. The overall roster might not be as strong as last year, and the offensive line is especially weaker than it was last season. I know for sure they lost the guard. Uh, Osiris Torrance is gone in the NFL, and a couple other key pieces of that line either transferred out or got drafted as well. So, uh, yeah, if Graham Mertz can unlock his potential that he had coming into Wisconsin uh, before transferring to Florida and not the Graham Mertz that we've seen ever since his first and second game in Wisconsin, uh, the Gators will take a step up at quarterback, or at least relative to college football, not exactly NFL prospect-wise. But now we go to the reigning national champions, Georgia Bulldogs. The over-under set at 11.5 wins. Last season, they went a perfect 15-0, 8-0 in the SEC, and they beat LSU 50-30 to in the SEC championship game. They beat Ohio State 42-41 to in the Peach Bowl, a game that I was at uh, the Missed field goal happened right at midnight on New Year's, exactly. Crazy scene. And then they walloped TCU 65-7 in the national championship game. The three-peat is likely incoming. Last year was considered a rebuilding year in Athens, and yes, I'm serious. Uh, Georgia's in the process of putting together the best recruiting class in the 2024 cycle of all time, according to 24-7 Sports. Um, Kirby is preaching... Not to be complacent, uh, kids that aren't taking the team seriously are getting kicked out or pushed out the door in terms of transfers. People who are causing problems in the locker room are getting forced out in uh, transfers. And yeah, Kirby is keeping this team motivated to go back out and get the 3P the first time since the Minnesota Golden Gophers did it. I believe it was the mid-30s. I can't 
didn't write it down. I'm just guessing off the top of my head. But anyways, they have a cupcake schedule. Never mind the fact that the schedule is super easy and the team is stacked with talent. This team should have rolled to an undefeated season and be able to, you know, limit the losses to at most one, I would say. Um, The hardest game that they've got is Tennessee, and that's in November. Like, it's the weekend of Veterans Day, like November 11th. That's the first time they're going to have a game where they might not be favored by three touchdowns. So... And that even depends on how Tennessee looks this season. So Georgia could just roll straight through the season and easily get 12 wins. Kentucky is the next team to talk about. The over-under is set at 6.5 wins. Last season they went 7-6 and six overall, 3-5 and five in the SEC. They lost 21 to nothing to Iowa in the Music City Bowl. They had a 1-12 record in over-under last season, the lowest over percentage of any FBS teams, meaning the defense was good and the offense was terrible, but good thing Will Levis was a second-round draft pick. Mark Stoops is a seven-win machine. He has the best contract in college football, win seven games, and get an extra year added onto the contract. So on principle alone, just take the over six and a half wins and don't look back. Um, In terms of the team, Devin Leary is an upgrade at quarterback for the Wildcats. They have new offensive coordinator Liam Cohen being familiar with him. Uh, that'll help the offense perform better overall, especially since the offensive line can't possibly be any worse than last year, <laughs> right? It can't be, right? Uh, but yeah, Liam Cohen back in college football after a year with the Rams. So yeah, here we go, baby. It's going to get crazy in Lexington. And now we'll go down to Baton Rouge, Louisiana for LSU. The Tigers over under is nine and a half wins. Last season, they went 10 and four overall. 6-2 and two in the SEC, they lost 50-30 to 30 to Georgia in the SEC championship game and won the Citrus Bowl 63-7 to 7 against Purdue. Brian Kelly is entering year two in Baton Rouge. Brian Kelly left Notre Dame and immediately led a charge toward a college football playoff run. The losses to Florida State with a blocked field goal, Tennessee with special teams gaffes littered all over that game, and Texas A&M, I have no idea what happened in that one, uh, still almost got them uh, counteracted by the end of the season and had an appearance in the SEC championship game over rivals Alabama after upsetting the Crimson Tide. Wide receiver room is loaded as well. Malik Neighbors is the big name here, but the entire receiver room, tight ends included, is stacked from top to bottom. So as long as quarterback Jane Daniels or maybe Garrett Nussmeyer can get the ball downfield, LSU won't have any problem scoring points this season. Nussmeyer is an absolute stud in terms of being just a straight pocket-passing quarterback. Jaden Daniels is more of the run-around-and-create-stuff like uh, Russell Wilson in his heyday with the Seahawks, um, where he wouldn't get sacked. He'd just run around in the backfield for 10, 15 seconds, find the open guy, and make a play. Jaden Daniels is more like that than he is a uh, conventional quarterback. Garrett Nussmeyer is the conventional quarterback, but he is a stud when he gets to throw the ball. Just check the SEC championship game last season. He was great against Georgia last year. Mississippi State's the next team up over under is set at six and a half wins. English is not going well tonight. Last season they went nine and four overall, four and four in the SEC, and they won the ReliQuest Bowl 19 to 10 over Illinois. They have a new coach this season, so no idea what to expect here. After the passing of head coach Mike Leach, former defensive coordinator Zach Arnett will be taking over the team in what is likely a one-year tryout for the permanent job, transitioning the team from the air raid to a more run-heavy offense. Teams transitioning from the air raid tend to struggle in the first year out of it, so I wouldn't be surprised if the Bulldogs have problems on offense and struggle to score in key situations and lose close games regularly. 
Um, but yeah, who knows what to expect from Mississippi State. Like I said, transitioning to or from the air raid is always sketchy. Um, but yeah, going to be going to be very interesting to see what happens down there in Starkville. Next up, the Missouri Tigers over under set at six and a half wins last season. They went six and seven overall, three and five in the SEC, and they lost 27-17 to Wake Forest in the Gasparilla Bowl. Defense was good this year, at least as projected to be, and the offense is uh, just a bunch of question marks. The defense won't be as abysmal uh, as it was at some points last season, and it wasn't even really that bad at its worst, but it will likely take another step forward this season, but the offense doesn't have like really any good quarterbacks to throw in. Uh, basically, the wide receiver, Luther Burden, just going to have to get open and hope that whoever's throwing the ball gets it to him. The defense is going to have to be Georgia levels of good, though, to be able to compete in, with this offense in the situation it is at the moment. Um, so, yeah, not a bit, not the biggest fan of the Missouri Tigers this season. Next up, the Ole Miss Rebels over under set at 7.5 wins for Lane Kiffin's squad. Last season, they went 8-5 and five overall, 4-4 four and four in the SEC, and they lost 42-25 to Texas Tech in the Texas Bowl. A little conspiracy theory there. Who is the quarterback? It sounds like it's going to be Jackson Dart, but the quarterback room also has Spencer Sanders and Walker Howard battling it out for the honors of being QB1. Reports from camp say that Dart has the lead in the race after Sanders transferred in from Oklahoma State, hoping to land the starting job without much competition. Sanders will be interesting to watch to see if he transfers out by the end of the month, um, if he doesn't get to run with the starters at some point throughout the year. Excuse me. Uh, the defense, though, was a paper tiger last season. Ole Miss's defense last year was crazy good against the bad teams that it played and uh, ended up getting run over by all the good teams after starting the season strong. So that'll be another interesting thing to watch to see if the Portal King, self-anointed Portal King Lane Kiffin, got any better on defense after adding defensive coordinator Pete Golding from Alabama. South Carolina is the next team we'll talk about. The over-under set at six and a half wins. Last season, they went eight and five overall, four and four in the SEC, and they lost to Notre Dame in the Gator Bowl 45-38. The only real storyline I really heard from South Carolina, and it's just like a hopeful question, maybe people think Spencer Rattler may be making a Heisman run and showing his true potential. Um, I don't think so. There's too many highs and lows and going back and forth. But I really don't have much optimism for this team after they lost a number of key players to the transfer portal. Biggest one probably being tight end running back of Jaheim Bell, who left for Florida State. But they did bring in Nicholas Harbor, five-star track and field star, as well as football player. Uh, I believe he plays listed as tight end, but also plays edge rusher in high school. be very interesting to see where he fits in if he does in his freshman season. But, uh, yeah, I'm not very... Uh, bullish on the Gamecocks this season. Next up, the Tennessee Volunteers over under set at nine and a half wins. Last season, they went 11 and two overall, six and two in the SEC, and they beat Clemson 31-14 in the Orange Bowl. Can the defense be better is the key question. Tennessee's offense, we already know is going to be electric. Uh, the defense is what needs to improve for the team to make a true playoff run or challenge for an SEC championship game. The defense really dropped off after Jeremy Pruitt was exposed and fired by Tennessee. Josh Heupel believes it's close to, if not equal, where it was before he showed up. So uh, if that's the case and this offense is as electric as it is, that 9.5 is right on where I think Tennessee's win total is going to end up this season. 
Next up, the Texas A&M Aggies, over under set of eight and a half wins. Last year, they went five and seven overall, two and six in the SEC. Can it be any worse? After landing a much-heralded recruiting class in the 2022 cycle, the best of all time according to 24-7 Sports, might I add, much of the players from the team transferred away or were kicked off the team since coming into College Station. Uh, Jimbo Fisher brought in Bobby Petrino to either take control of the play calling entirely or at least bring new ideas into the room. So with that and a not-bad defense intact still, the Aggies should at least improve from 5-7, and seven, I would say. Last team... The Vanderbilt Commodores over-under set at 3.5 wins last season. They went 5-7 and seven overall, 2-6 and six in the SEC, and they went over their win total by October. Um, the start of the schedule is the easiest part, and General Manager Barton Simmons told the Cover 3 podcast last season over by October, I'm going to live by it and blindly go over the win total again for Vanderbilt. Um, their quarterback, Swan, I know is his last name. I believe it's A.J. Swan. Uh, people tend to just throw him at the bottom of the barrel for the SEC quarterbacks list um, without even really paying attention to how he plays. So I don't think he's the worst quarterback in the SEC, so watch for Vanderbilt to finish somewhere around that 5-7 and seven mark yet again this season. Okay, best part of the show, going over my projection for the SEC. We'll start in the West, the side that seems to have actual drama in it. Um, first place, I have LSU going 11-1 overall, 8-0 in conference. They're plus 450 to win the conference. Uh, the only loss I had on their schedule was the FSU Week 1. Uh, what is there really to say? I mean, you guys, everyone that's listening to this saw last season what LSU can do, especially once they got rolling towards the end of the season, upsetting Alabama and putting up 30 on Georgia, which is something what only one other team did the entire year, Ohio State. Um, so, yeah, I think they can get right back to the uh, SEC championship game as long as they avoid the major slip-ups that they had last year. Second place, I have Texas A&M, which seemed crazy to me looking at it, but I kept going over the schedule trying to find more losses and really couldn't. I had them going 9-3 and three overall, 5-3 and three in conference. They're 12-1 to one to win the conference. I just think, excuse me, adding Bobby Petrino to the offensive uh coordinator position and having him and Jimbo Fisher bounce offensive ideas off of each other will likely mean that they score some more points as long as the defense can be relatively competent they're going to win a bunch of games this year so I have them going nine and three even if I think the record will probably end up being something more like seven and five I just can't spot the slip-up games myself um third place Auburn Hugh Strip Club freeze take them to a 9-3 overall record, 5-3 in the conference. They're 50-1 to to win the conference. He brought in, I say Hugh Freeze, brought in a ridiculous amount of transfers during the portal, which most new head coaches tend to do nowadays. But uh, the recruiting class turned up at the end once they knew he was coming in. This next year's recruiting class has already started to pick up steam as well. Transfer portal, he had a few big gets. All he's going to do is make this team better than it was last year. And... Um, I, I didn't find a whole lot of slip-ups on their schedule either, even if I know, like I mentioned in the Auburn part of this episode, that Hugh Freeze will find a place to slip up. I just, again, like Texas a and couldn't find them myself. Fourth place, I had the Alabama Crimson Tide going 8-4 and four overall, 5-3 and three in conference. They're plus 240 to win the conference, and I'm not biting on that. Um... I can almost tell you the four losses off the top of my head without even looking at it. Usually I just put the, the projected records from myself on here. Uh, I had them losing to Texas A&M and College Station because they have to go there this year. I think LSU is better than them, and they can beat them in Tuscaloosa. 
Auburn. They have to play in Auburn. Uh, fourth one is escaping me. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I believe I probably picked Tennessee if I had to be 100% honest, but blanking on the fourth loss. Still, anyways, four losses. I think 9-3, and 8-4 and four is more likely than 11-1 and one or 12-0. and oh. So I just I don't see it for Alabama and those I know that the times that we doubt Alabama is the year that Nick Saban comes out and does his absolute best. So I mean Alabama's probably going to go 12 and 0, win the SEC and win the national championship. But then in fifth, anyways, for the SEC West, I have Arkansas also going nine and three, five and three in conference, 100 to one to win the conference. I don't think they're going to do that. This is another one where I just couldn't find the obvious slip ups, but it's a team that's gonna have them. KJ Jefferson's decent, but the rest of the team is kind of like, eh. and Kendall Bryles leaving after being offensive coordinator for so long. We're going to have to see what the new offense looks like before we get a real handle on them. Uh, the two teams at the bottom of the SEC West, I have Mississippi State at 5-7, and seven, going 1-7 and seven in conference, 125-1 to one to win the conference. Uh, new head coach coming in from being defensive coordinator, uh, going away from the air raid, I think they'll struggle. I just don't see a lot of uh, conference winnable games for them. Even They might play a lot of close games, but I don't see them having the offensive firepower to win the close games. The last place in the SEC West, Ole Miss, 4-8, and 1-7 and in the conference, 40-1 to one to win the conference. I know Lane Kiffin's going to do better than this, but just looking at it on paper with what they brought in and what they had last year, knowing that the defense is going to slip up against good teams, I just couldn't find much more like I think in my best projection I had I'm going six and six so I don't have much faith in Ole Miss Rebels this season go to the SEC East everyone knows Georgia is going to be first 12 and 0 8 and 0 they're minus 115 to win the entire conference odds on favorite ridiculous I don't have much else to say uh, <laughs> they brought in Dominic Levitt the SEC's leading receiver from Missouri they have Carson Beck starting at quarterback who uh, a lot of people who are close to the program think he's going to get drafted, never mind just to be good. Um, and we know the defense is going to be great. They just reload with big guys every offseason. So no doubts in my mind about Georgia. Don't even want to waste the time uh, talking more about them. Second place, I've got Tennessee going 10-2 and overall, 6-2 and in conference. They're 16-1 to to win the conference. Obviously going to be Georgia's best uh, competition in the SEC East. Um, but... I just, unless the defense takes a big step, I don't see Tennessee seriously challenging for the SEC East division. And, excuse me, by the time we find out if they are or not, this number is going to be gone. Because if they have a good defense, Tennessee is going to shut a lot of people out and blow a lot of people out of the water. Third place in the SEC East, Kentucky, 9-3 and overall, 5-3 and in conference, 60-1 to to win. Uh, Coach Stoops, like I said, seven wins, gets an extension on his contract. They might have taken that clause out, but who cares? You know he's getting one if he, score, if he gets seven wins. Kentucky is a basketball school, so to go over 500 in football is always an accomplishment. Fourth, I had Vanderbilt going 5-7, and 2-6 and six in conference. That's got to be a mistake because South Carolina is in fifth, 6-6, six and 3-5 six and three and five in conference. But never mind. I'll just talk about Vanderbilt first anyways. 750 to 1 to win the conference. They're not going to do something crazy like that. But they're going to win over three and a half games, and that's all I have to say. South Carolina, I think, is going to be worse than last year with 7 and 5, so I think 6 and 6 is right. Uh, they lost a lot of key players like Jaheim Bell, um, 
I'm blanking on the, the other one that came off the offensive side of the ball. But anyways, uh, they lost both tight ends. I know that. They lost their starting running back, one of their receivers. South Carolina is going to be drained of talent, and then they're going to have to replace it with a lot of uh, lower-level transfers or freshman recruiting class members. They're 100-1 to to win the conference. Wouldn't even bother. Missouri in sixth. 4-8 overall, 1-7 in conference. They're 200-1 to to win the conference. Wouldn't bite on that either. Basically, like I mentioned, Luther Burden on offense is going to have to get open to score points, and the defense will at least keep them in close games if the offense can put points on the board at all. Last in the SEC East, Florida, 3-9 overall, 1-7 in conference, 60-1 to to win the conference. I have, like, no faith in the Gators this year. I know... Uh, some people will tell you that they're easily going over five and a half wins and going to a bowl game. I just don't see it when they lost as much as they did, especially when it wasn't even that great last season. Starting out the year going to Rice Eccles and playing Utah in Salt Lake City, they're not getting the win there to start out the year like they did last season. And I honestly felt like that game propelled them to a lot of momentum to uh, start their season last year. They're not getting that this year, so... Um, interesting to watch the Gators this year, but I don't have anything else for the SEC, so wait for the uh, Group of Five Conference preview and picks uh, episode coming out next, and then Week Zero preview and picks episode will be coming out soon as well, so you can get your pick in for this weekend's games. College football is back, baby, and then the NFL is not too far behind, so uh, that's all I got for the SEC. Power Five conferences are done. Be on the lookout for Group of Five, and I'll talk to you then. Bye bye